Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome into the nightcap here on WGR. Happy Football Friday. Bills are gearing up to take on the Miami Dolphins this Sunday at 1 p.m. at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami, Florida. And oh boy, is it going to be a doozy. Zach Jones along with you for the next hour or so. And if you have not heard, a lot of injuries for the Buffalo Bills. Officially out for the Bills as of right now. Micah Hyde, Dane Jackson, Jordan Phillips, and Ed Oliver who is questionable, Gabe Davis, Dawson Knox, Mitch Morris, Jordan Poyer, and Tim Settle. We have not, under the under the Sean McDermott era, really have had to deal with injuries at this magnitude. Right? I like, I, You know, you'll have a player, you know, out, one or two. But in terms of basically the entire starting secondary either being out or definitely questionable, and then two of your key pieces on the interior defensive line. And then you add in the fact that guys like Gabe Davis, Dawson Knox, and Mitch Morris are quintessential to the offense. All of those guys are on the table for being out and or are already out. I like the Bills' chances against Miami. I do. But I, I'd be lying to you if I, if I didn't enter this game with a little more apprehension than I have the last two. The last two games, I thought easily the Bills could win. I didn't think that there was like necessarily that much. I don't want to say there were, there was not much fear, but it was just I felt like the Bills were significantly the better team compared to the Los Angeles Rams and the Tennessee Titans. And this week, I think you know all things being even, the Bills are absolutely the better team. But right now, they're just not. Right now, the Bills are wounded, aggressively so, and I'm worried that where that's going to take this team, how bad it could be. And with the injuries the Bills have, they're all at key spots. I think that's another big thing. It's not like it's their third or fourth wide receiver. It's their second wide receiver. It's not like it's a backup safety. It's both starting safeties who have been absolutely essential to the Sean McDermott-Leslie Frazier defense. It's not like it's a backup, backup defensive tackle. It's Ed Oliver, the team's maybe second most important defensive lineman. And it's not like it's the second string left guard. It's the team's starting center, 
maybe the most important position on the offensive line. Now, where the Bills have, I guess, somewhat of an advantage here is that the most important player on their team is also the best player on their team, and Josh Allen. There is maybe two quarterbacks on any given day that can play better than him, and I think that's changed. I think really just Mahomes, on their days, can play better than him. And even then, it's a toss-up. It's a 50-50 between the two. And so that allows it to be a bit easier to deal with, right? But right now, on Friday night at 7.03 at night, I am a little nervous. I am a little nervous because of the situation the Bills find themselves in because of injuries. And it's nothing that they could have done. Ultimately, a lot of these injuries just kind of happened. And now we have to deal with it. Now, for the first time under the McDermott era, the Bills have to deal with it. And I don't know how they're going to handle it. I really, really don't. We've never seen these Bills teams under McDermott with Allen ever put in this position. We just haven't. Now, with that being said, it's not like Miami is completely healthy in you know themselves. They're also dealing with injuries. Armstead, one of their uh, their starting left tackle, he is potentially going to be out. I think he actually may be out already. Xavier Howard is knocked up. That could be, or is uh, is dinged up. That could be tough for them. One of their starting cornerbacks, maybe their best cornerback. And we've seen what Diggs has been able to do against teams with banged up secondaries, even not so banged up secondaries with the Rams. But right now, where we're at, I'm a bit nervous. And part of it is, too, the ending of the Miami-Baltimore game. Because ultimately, if they had lost by 21, like they were losing by at the start of the fourth quarter, or like even 17, I would not be nearly as nervous as I am. Because I would still look at the Dolphins and go, yeah, but Tua can't score with these guys. But now I've seen him put up six touchdown passes. I've seen that Tyreek Hill does work with that offense. I know Jalen Waddle's a star already last year with the Dolphins. And it is a little nerve-wracking. Now, the positives here, because I don't want to be too negative. You know, I, I gave five minutes of negativity, so I feel like now like about 15, 20 of positivity is, pretty, is, is probably a good call here. But the positives is that the Dolphins, while, yes, they can be explosive on offense, their defense has not been good at all in the last two weeks. They don't have a pass rush. They really can't stop run games. And... Even with Brian Flores, one of the better defensive coaches in the National Football League, could not slow down Josh Allen. In week two last year, the Bills won a game 35 to nothing. And Josh Allen looked furious afterwards. He didn't even play that well. He did he flat out didn't play well. That was during the start of last year where we had the Pittsburgh game, we lose, the Bills come back against Miami, they win. But for both games, Josh looked off. And it was a little nerve-wracking as a Bills fan where it was like, oh boy, like why, why, why only the one year? What's going on? And then they, they and everything was fine. It, it, you know, it wasn't anything to, you know, even bad an eye at really. It was just two tough games to start. But they won 35 to nothing. They, I mean, it was running away. But this defense is not the same defense. Now, with that being said, I mean, the fact that the team still, you know, there's a good shot that they're going to have Tim Settle on the interior defensive line that's big. Von Miller, of course, of course, is still healthy. Greg Rousseau, who I've been a 
big, big fan of to start this year is still going to be healthy. Really, a lot of the edge rushers for the defensive line is going to be there. And Miami's offensive line, while it's you know improved, it's not what Cincinnati is. We'll talk about Cincinnati in a little bit. It's not what Cincinnati is, which is just, it, it feels like nothing has changed. Miami's a bit better. But they're going to have their own issues stopping the Bills. Their linebacking core is nothing to scoff at at all. Um, excuse me, nothing to gawk at at all. It's not good. Their defensive line, they don't have a pass rush. Their secondary, if without Xavier Howard, could get eaten alive, especially if Gabe Davis plays. He says he's 100% to play. There were some videos going around the last two days of him at practice where li- little nerve-wracking with his ankle. I, I don't really know what he did at practice. I think it was it was non-contact, so he may have rolled it. But the, the videos had me a little nervous. But I think the offense can keep up with Miami's offense because Miami's defense flat out just isn't that good. You know, their defense is giving up either the most or near the most air yards per attempt. So the Bills can absolutely take advantage. My biggest fear really is that the most consistent unit the Bills have had for five years is wounded. And it just has not been wounded much of the McDermott era at all. It has really been one of the few areas that has just been almost untouched. And it's and now we're really going to see how much the depth is. Guys like Demar Hamlin, Jaquan Johnson, Cam Lewis, even we're going to see the rookies really have to step forward. Kyrie Elam and Christian Benford, excuse me, and we're going to see what those guys can really do. This is going to be Elam's first start in the NFL as well, most likely. Benford's gotten the start the last two games, and they've kind of gone back and forth. And I've really liked how both of them have looked, especially in open field tackling, which is going to be essential to taking on guys with the speed of Waddle and Hill. Going to be absolutely essential to dealing with this. But, oh boy, have they really had a bit of a crucible to come into the NFL One that a lot of Bills fans thought was potentially going to happen. That's why Joe Hayden, who is retiring from the NFL, was such a hot name for a lot of Bills fans because it was like, all right, do we really want them to take on, to start the year, Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson have a bit of an off off week, but ultimately Derrick Henry's always a problem. Robert Woods is a really solid receiver. And then week three, Tyreek Hill and and, uh, Jalen Waddell. And for two weeks, they've really, really done well. I've I've been really impressed with both of them. But now this week, there is no Dane Jackson behind you, or w- more or less so in front of you, that he'll kind of hold it down and you two switch on and off, and we'll see how it goes. There is nothing like that. It's you two. It's the two rookies that get thrown in there. Now, with that being said, I just the way the Bills have drafted, especially defensively, especially in that secondary, they get guys that can come in and contribute immediately, that they don't really need to be coddled or kind of slowly brought along. The defensive line, they've gone for much more potential rather than immediate production. But the secondary, they've gone for immediate production rather than potential, for the, for the most part. Guys like Tredavious White's a bit different. I think Kyir Elam is a bit different in that sense as well. But it is going to be a struggle for those two to keep up with these guys, to really deal with both of these receivers. And... 
to me as well, this game will not signify if I believe in Kyrie Elam or Christian Benford. To me, this is a game of survive. Get through this. If you give up a big play, just make sure there's safety help when you do it. Don't be like Baltimore where on like three straight drives, two of the fastest receivers in football are just completely alone in the back, it, 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 across the, the field. Just make sure that's not a thing going on. Because if you get to that point, you will start to lose. You will start to lose the game quickly. Because Miami, for as much as we all kind of want to you know, mock them and pick on them and all that stuff, Tua can make those throws. It's not as aggressive as Josh, and it's not as pretty as guys like Allen, Mahomes, Herbert. But we're seeing that if these guys are open, he can hit them. you got to have safety help there. Now, with that being said, and, and in part of me, it's almost morbidly curious. We've heard so much about... Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. DeMar Hamlin and, of course, Jaquan Johnson. We see them in the preseason. We really like how they play. But safeties just literally never got hurt. They were always on the field. Well, now, now we get to see how they're going to play. Now we get to see. Is it really worth it? Jaquan Johnson's in a contract year. We, we have basically never seen him take the field, seriously, in four years. Tamar Hamlin's only in year two, but I really, really like what Hamlin offers. And now we're going to be able to see what these two can bring to the table. Potentially. Poyer could always play, but those two are definitely, I think, going to rotate in and out. Johnson may have the start, but I think ultimately you're really going to see those two rotate in and out. Or they could be the ones playing. We have no idea with Poyer. That was a big thing, too, with practice today. And when uh, Coach McDermott met with the ex-point show, Sacapaccio and Sneaky Jody Biasi, that while he ruled out some of these guys, guys like Ed Oliver were not ruled out yet during that interview. It was after practice and even before that. McDermott was not really willing to kind of go more in-depth with Poyer until after practice. Now he's questionable, which kind of tells you that practice wasn't a disaster, that it went all right. But he is going to be a little bit hobbled with a foot injury. We'll see how that goes. 
but it is going to be, I think, a very fascinating game to watch. I think what is interesting, and, and uh, Mike Schultz brought it up as well uh, late with uh, Schultz and Bulldog, that the betting lines, though, are just not moving. They're not moving on this game. It does feel like the Bills have become this team that just, they can have injuries, blah, 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 but as long as guys like Allen, Diggs, if they're up, there is that sort of feeling that, no, 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 they're, they're going to handle it. They're going to be fine. Don't move the line. It's it, Everything's fine. And that is and that is a very interesting thing to see, that they've almost become, you know, foolproof to that. Because with all these injuries and the fact that, you know, some key players are already ruled out, the fact that really nothing has been touched there is fascinating to me. Because while I'm nervous, clearly Vegas is not that nervous. Apparently. But it is super interesting, especially to see where like where that's going to wind up. How that's going to go. It's a 1 o'clock game. First 1 o'clock game for the Bills. First Sunday game for the Bills. Which is going to totally ruin my red zone time. Going to absolutely destroy my red zone time. Not thrilled about that. But to be honest, it'll be nice to kind of just get the game out of the way. We had Thursday night football last night. Between the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers, it was a complete snooze fest. Unless you were betting on it, I was. Throw the ball to George Pickens. I don't. I don't know how much more I have to say. This like that, that the Pittsburgh offense, man. Thank the Lord, the Bills are not, you know, what they were ten years ago, where it's just offensively inept. It is difficult to watch some of these teams. I know football is king, but for a number of these games, I just. We'll turn it off after a few drives. Once I kind of know the feeling of the, of the of the game, I can't watch these terrible teams play. I can't. It's it's mind numbing to watch teams like like Pittsburgh never try to attack the middle of the field. Denver, same thing, just just sidelines. Or uh, Ben Solik's piece that has been um, talked about a lot on today's show. The Denver or the um, Cincinnati Bengals seemingly having zero creativity. Like, why? I, I, I don't understand that. By the way, Benjamin Solik of The Ringer. But having zero creativity and just basically telegraphing both passes and runs. That essentially, if, if you're in the shotgun, it's a pass. And if you're under center, it's a run. What, what is going on? And that's to a whole other point of, oh, that's why a lot of fans who really who really watched all these teams for stuff like this, like for the Ringer or for PFF, were just not sold on Zach Taylor. I think part of it was that. It's just it was Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and, and that defense performing miracles rather than actually doing anything. I remember last year I watched a video just deep diving the, the, the Bengals, and it was kind of the same thing where it's like, yeah, their entire offensive strategy is just kind of send Jamar Chase on a go route in the red zone and just chuck it up to him, and he's, he's going to come down with it at seven points. And if it's not, they'll just kick a field goal. And like that was that was the thesis of the whole video, and, and they were right. It was a lot of their offense, so it's not too surprising that they're zero and two. But you see teams like the like the Broncos. They just look they look broken still. And Russell Wilson, I I think is a future Hall of Fame quarterback. He's got nine Pro Bowls for three seasons. We spent time on the fact that you know why hasn't he you know won an MVP yet? Why hasn't he not even been voted MVP? And now just to to start his Denver career has been a joke. Nathaniel Hackett looks lost. I've never seen a coach, in all in all seriousness, I'm not trying to be facetious about this or, or overdramatic, I've never seen a coach more supposed to be a lure for another player and then not get that player. 
Nathaniel Hackett was hired to get Rodgers. And when that didn't happen, they realized, oh, well, I, he's our coach now. Well, let's uh, let's go trade for Russ. I, we'll make that work. Because Hackett looks lost. He looks like he has no business being a head coach right now at all. They've taken a ton of dumb penalties that are more to do with clock management and situational awareness. You know, they have fans counting down the clock so if they don't get another delay of game penalty. And Russ himself just does not look right. He's just throwing up the sideline and hoping it, it, it you know, falls into one of his receivers' hands rather than attacking the middle of the field. And this is where, again, like I, just, I watch Bill's games or I watch Bill's highlights with, with Allen or, or I, you know, I watch the All-22, and it's, and it's astounding how much the Bills do attack the middle of the field with either McKenzie or Knox or now Diggs as well. And they build into these other routes that are that are more go routes or along the sidelines and stuff like that. They really build that stuff in, and you can tell why they're such a difficult offense for the for these teams to stop because ultimately they do everything so well that they have to. Where you see these other teams just do things so poorly. It's a lot of the reasons why I'm liking the Eagles now as well this year. They realized they couldn't pass last year about halfway through. And they started the running the ball a lot. They became the best rushing attack in football. That's what got them to the playoffs. This year, though, with the addition of A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts looks so much better. I'm not going to say he looks like an elite passer, but again, for like the seventh year in a row, from both from his senior year of high school now to his third year in the pros, he just looks better. He looks better as a passer, more comfortable, more decisive, more accurate. He's got a little more zip to his ball. It, it, it's something he's done every single year. And they're attacking the middle of the field. They're really, really doing well in all areas of the field. Their issue now is just more having putting together a consistent game. Scoring in all four quarters rather than just either in the first half or the second half. That's where their kind of issue is coming in. And actually now, this year, it's really just the first half they can score in. They're having a really difficult time scoring in the second half. I do want to talk about some games I want to watch this week, though. Keep an eye on. Of course, the Bills playing at 1 o'clock kind of kills the 1 o'clock window. But I will say, one other 1 o'clock game I'm looking at, I just I cannot understand the spread right now, is Minnesota and the Lions. And Minnesota being a 6-point favorite or 5.5-point favorite, depending on the site you're looking at, I don't understand that at all. I don't. Minnesota looked really good week 1 and looked really bad week 2. Detroit looked pretty darn solid week 1 and looked really, really good week 2. I'm not saying the Lions are definitely a better team. I'm not even saying that I would favor the Lions to win that game. But Minnesota to have a six point fa- to be six point favorites, it makes zero sense to me at all. Because it, it is one of those where what have they done to deserve that? What has Kirk Cousins done to deserve that? Because he continues to be just the worst good quarterback ever. I heard someone say that I cannot remember who I'm blanking on who it was. I heard that, you know, during the Monday night game. And they just said he's he's the worst really good quarterback ever, and I'm like that's the best way to put him, because at one o'clock games you could have he could, he could throw 350 yards, four touchdowns, and no one would bat an eye. It's if he can do it in prime time, and he just can't. He's he's the worst win loss record in prime time history. He is just abysmal, and he was again against Philadelphia. Some other games, Carson Wentz's return to Philadelphia should be a, a kind of a doozy, because. It, it's so up in the air how those former quarterbacks do against their old teams. It's not something where it's like, oh, they clearly get the best of them, you know. They know all their old tricks and they're able to, to get it going. No, it's it's really a 50-50 crapshoot, which makes it fun, makes it interesting. I like this Eagles team this year. 
I also think Wentz has played pretty solid. So far, week one was very good against the Jaguars. Week two, not so much. Still throw some boneheaded picks, but he's throwing touchdown passes, which is key, and, and he's making it look like where he can actually do some stuff. Now, the Lions did just jump all over him. I think they were up 22 to nothing at half. They just mauled them out of nowhere. But Wentz was kind of able to make it a game. At one point in the fourth quarter, the Lions only led 29-21. And they were, make, they were making it a bit of a game. But it should be interesting to see how they go up against the, against the Eagles. That should be very, very interesting. Another one, and this is more news from earlier in the day, Justin Herbert's questionable for the Chargers. He's got that fractured uh, cartilage in his ribs. And it should be interesting, too, because the line has gone down for them against the Jaguars. They're now only a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I believe they were a five-and-a-half, six-point favorite before that. And even then, I'm not going to lie to you, I would have taken the Jags with the points. Not necessarily to win, but I would have taken the points. And there's something about the Jags this year that I just I do like. I think a lot of it was just because I refused to take almost anything that I saw last year seriously with Urban Meyer, even at this point. But now it's the fact that as much as we all kind of complained and lambasted the Christian Kirk contract, up to this point, he's earning it. They are using him everywhere. And now we're getting to a point, as a fantasy owner, this is frustrating. They're not even using Travis Etienne because they're leading some of these games. And when they did fall behind, they fell behind to Washington just because of two quick strikes from Wentz to Jahan Dotson and Terry McLaurin. They more went to James Robinson rather than, you know, passing around the rock, mainly just because it was, oh, no, we have to we have to go score again. But Lawrence has had a few games now. Really, the, the, the Washington game was frustrating because he had two touchdowns excuse me, that were just dropped, just flat out. He needs, his, his his playmakers need to be better there, Etienne being one of them. The other I want to say was Zay Jones. And then against the Colts, we're now getting to a point, because it's now two straight games. Just hammer any over for, for Trevor Lawrence outside of interceptions when he's playing the Colts. That dude picks his best days whenever Indianapolis is on the schedule. He had five incompletions. He threw 30 passes. And then in week 17 last year, he was dynamite. It was the one time as a Jacksonville Jaguar fan or a Trevor Lawrence fan, I'm a Trevor Lawrence fan, that you could sit there and go, ooh, there's promise there. Again, last year he went at one point nine straight games without a touchdown pass. Now all of a sudden, the Jacksonville Jaguars actually look like a roster. They look like a promising team that is drafted at the top end of the draft every year for like the last six years. Lawrence looks kind of dialed in. Christian Kirk, again, they're using him everywhere. He's not just a deep guy. He's not just a slot guy. He's kind of, honestly, what, what the Bills do with Stephon Diggs, move him everywhere, use him everywhere. Just get him the ball. He's not even their best receiver. I still think Marvin Jones is. But clearly, Zay Jones should be their three. Christian Kirk has been fantastic. He is now a must-start in most fantasy leagues. If they can keep that going, I would. I'm interested, even if Herbert plays, the fact that he's questionable, the fact that he did not practice today. It could be really, really interesting, especially with the Jaguars' defensive line, which can get home. Trayvon Walker, of course, the first overall pick from this past year's draft. Josh Allen, the other one. We've seen what he can do to teams if, if there is even a weakness slightly on an offensive line. 
they could get home. They could cause real serious issues. And I want to say it's in SoFi. I want to check that real quick. If it's in SoFi, it is. It's not like there's a home field advantage. I'm not saying either it's going to be, you know, Jacksonville loaded, but it's not like that's like a terribly difficult place to play. It could be really, really, really good for the Jaguars to kind of be able to, I guess, figure it out a bit. And, I mean, if they go 2-1, and one, I mean, that's, I, I think that's going to be a major storyline come Mondays. If, if they beat the Chargers, go 2-1, and one, even, if, even if Herbert doesn't play, it'll become a thing of, are they, are they going to win the AFC South? I think it's not a bad bet right now, if I'm being honest with you. I, I think it's not a bad bet right now. Another interesting game, Packers 49, or uh, excuse me, Packers Bucks 425. The Bucks are going to be without Chris Godwin and Akeem Hicks. And the Packers are going to be without wide receiver Sammy Watkins. That could be very interesting just for the fact that I think both teams are, are horribly depleted compared to what they were at any time last year. Completely depleted. Aaron Rodgers has now become a point too. It's not that he's a bad quarterback, but if you have him in fantasy, you're looking for anything else. He is not getting anything out of these young guys. Sammy Watkins being out, that's one of the few veterans he has that can really make a play. He's out. You're basically hoping for running backs, and maybe he starts to trust guys, but even guys like Christian Watson are questionable. And, of course, you go to the Bucs. Look, there's a reason they added Cole Beasley, and that's because Godwin is hurt. I don't really think they totally trust Scotty Miller as, as, a, as a full-time slot guy. And Mike Evans is suspended. They are ultimately good. Like, I think Cole Beasley is going to be elevated on Sunday to play because they're going to need him to. Because if not, they are really in a risk of, of just having no one to go out there. It's going to be an interesting game to watch because I think both teams need it. I mean, the Packers, if they can go 2-1 and one, even after the disaster that was week one against the Vikings, it'll feel like the, the season is good. And then for the Bucs, if you can go 3-0 and oh after all these injuries, all these issues, I think them and the Eagles have to become the favorite in the NFC to represent the conference, even though it's early. I get it. It's, we're not even t- necessarily in the first month of the season, but it would be early, and they'd be early favorites for it. It would be huge for them. Absolutely huge for them if they could figure that out and maybe even get a win there. And then Cowboys-Giants. And the only reason I'm going to say Cowboys-Giants is for comments made by Jerry Jones, the Cowboys owner, I want to say two days ago. The man just, I, I, I know he wants the Cowboys to win. I know it's a thing. But I got to tell you, it's so clear how much more he cares about being in the spotlight than the Cowboys actually winning. And and this is more just my feel of it and his comments. But essentially what his comments were was that, you know, he'd welcome a quarterback controversy if Cooper Rush kept playing well and all this stuff. And, well, you know, if we're having a quarterback controversy, that means we've played pretty darn well and that we're winning some games. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, why would you say that? I mean, just... Cooper Rush played fine. Do not make this Dallas' version of Mike White. But of course, that is always going to be the Cowboys' way. That will always be the Cowboys' way under Jerry Jones to absolutely make the storyline better than the game, better than the product on the field. That's what it will always be. Without without a shadow of a doubt, that's what it will always be. And that's why... it. I don't like that the Cowboys still have the moniker of America's team. I really, really don't. Because to me, they haven't even been a likable team since the 70s when they first got that moniker. 
in the 90s, they were a juggernaut. And yeah, you still had the remnants of those 70s fans, so that was cool. But after that, once Jones was really entrenched as the owner, they have been nothing but a kind of a laughing stock of the league. Like, yeah, your games are always on primetime, and basically any 425 window will be the Dallas Cowboys is one of those games. But outside of them, always kind of like, you know, for the most part, putting on a, a good game. Like, you very rarely have bad Cowboys games. No one wants you to win, and to be honest, you've never really been in a position to win under Jones once Jimmy Johnson was gone, once that roster that Johnson had built was gone. And we're sitting here with the same thing. If we're really sitting here and going, man, like Cooper Rush, like he can be a quarterback controversy over your quarterback, your season's dead. It's already dead. It's already dead. I wouldn't even try anymore. If that's what you're talking about, your season's done. And they're playing the Giants who, in some circles, they might be the worst 2-0 team maybe ever. They could be 3-0. They, they definitely got to be the worst 3-0 team at that point, though. I, like, like I'm, I'm really enjoying what Brian Dable's doing, and the clue is just grinding out wins. But, oh boy, that would just be the ugliest thing in the world if they were 3-0 after beating Cooper Rush, the Tennessee Titans, and the Carolina Panthers. Just, oh, it would be so, so ugly. All right, we're going to take a quick timeout here on the Nightcap. When we come back, Sean McDermott... Bills head coach, he met with the Extra Point Show for his weekly Friday interview before the game. We'll play that back for you right here on the Nightcap when we come back. Welcome back to the Nightcap here on WGR. Zach Jones with you. As promised, here is head coach of the Buffalo Bills, Sean McDermott, earlier today with the Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio and Sneaky Joe DiBiase. Hi, Coach. It's Sal and Joe, as usual, on a Friday. Hope your Friday morning is going well. Thanks for your time again. Hi, Sal. Good to be with you guys. All right, Coach. So, obviously, a lengthy injury report for your team. Um, I don't know how I want to even do this and ask you individual names. Can you tell us first if you're declaring anyone out at this time as far as Sunday? Uh, Yes, out will be Jordan Phillips, Micah Hyde, and Dane Jackson at this point. Okay. Um, as far as the guys who were limited at practice yesterday who you are not declaring out, do we expect to see them in some capacity at practice today? I'm talking about Gabe Davis, Dawson Knox, Mitch Morris, Ed Oliver, Tim Settle, and Jordan Poyer. That's probably the best way to say it. They will be at practice in some way, shape, or form, and we'll just uh, take it one day at a time here. Okay, Coach. And then finally, um, on the injuries, the guys that are out, is there any long-term concern on any of them at this point, including obviously Dane and Micah? Yeah, I'm I'm not going to go and get into that end of things right now, Sal. And, and, again, we'll just take it one day at a time here. Okay. Appreciate you, Coach. Sure. Go ahead, so, so the secondary couple of injuries, we've already ruled out a couple of players here with you, Coach. Um, it, it's maybe a new challenge that you will have a, a different safety in there that is not Micah because through five years, Jordan and Micah, I mean, there are so few games that they have missed or – and now you're playing the Dolphins, which has a huge challenge. It's a huge challenge and maybe a tough time to be missing guys. Well, it's never a good time to be <clears throat> to be missing guys. Um... We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You know, that said, we have confidence in, in uh, the guys that are going to be asked to step in and, and, uh, and fill those, those gaps, and uh, um, whether it's that their position or other positions. Coach, um, through five years, because you just have not seen a lot of, you know, Micah and Jordan, you know, leaving the field when that happens, how have you have been able to balance getting the reps for backups, guys that are in there? Like, you do that through practice. Is there a plan to make sure, hey, you know, obviously next man up, but how have you been able to do that over five years? I mean, Jaquan Johnson, for example, has been here four years. We haven't seen him on the field that much in regular game situation, but those guys have to get reps in practice. And with guys who never come off the field, that's got to be a tough balance for you through practice and training camp and whatnot. Yeah, it can be, um, you know, we, we've, you know, Jaquan has gotten some reps in some games, not a ton of time uh, because to your point, uh, Micah and Jordan have been uh, such mainstays back there for us. Um, but you get practice reps and, and, and time to develop uh, through practice. And, and then there's, there's ownership on both sides with, mm-hmm. with not only uh, the reps that the through practice, but also the time you put in on your own. And what's um, one of the hardest jobs, right. Is being a backup in the NFL where, you're one play away or you're potentially a couple of years away from playing and getting your shot. So you just never know him, but you always have to be ready to go because, um, and I think a great example of it is, is last week with, with Dave Davis going down on a Friday where, you know, there was a chance that another player was going to be inactive. And then all of a sudden he's um, thrust into the, uh, into the lineup. So you always have to prepare like, like you're going to start, like you're going to play a lot. And, and if you don't, you don't, but when your opportunity comes, you got to be ready. Going back to Monday's game for a moment with you, Coach, the defensive line, how impressed have you been through two games? We know how great Von Miller and how great he's been throughout his career, but you've got young guys, Epinesa, Rousseau, Basham. How impressed have you been with that unit as a whole through two games? Yeah, very much so. Um, you know, We've been able to do what, do some things up front that has helped us run and pass and and, uh, and then, you know, in addition, you know, to mention Brandon Bryan and and C.J. Brewer, two practice squad players that were up and playing in the game for us on Monday night, um, was was good to see those guys step in and step up as well. Coach, has it been kind of an ideal scenario with Vaughn and you know not having to put him out in the field for you know seventy percent or eighty percent of the snap counts because of the way the game has gone? Here you have this guy. It goes in core with your philosophy, right? You rotate a lot of defensive linemen. Uh, you want to get guys in and out, and you haven't had to necessarily rely on him to be on the field at his age and what he means to you for the whole season. Yeah, that's something that you want to be able to do. We're not always going to be able to do that uh, per game to, on a game to game basis. Um, but obviously, you know, being very aware of it, very mindful of trying to keep him as fresh as possible uh, is important for us. And then let's talk about, um, you know, facing the Miami Dolphins themselves. You know, Tua, obviously. I'm, interest- I'm actually interested, Coach. When was – do you remember the first time you faced a left-handed quarterback when you were a coach? I know you faced Tua a, a little bit here already, but do you remember the first time that ever happened? And, like, did you – going back to those years, like, did you have to – kind of think a little bit differently and, you know, prepare a little bit differently back then? You know, it may have been Steve Young wow. back in the day years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you fast forward to Michael Vick. And yep. there's been another one or two in there that I'm probably missing and now, and now Tua. So, you know, I think those are some of the the names and, and the players that, that people would, would remember the most. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a little bit different sometimes watching it on TV if you realize there's not that many of those guys. But obviously he's playing very well. You have um, two dynamic wide receivers. What have you seen from Tua and his growth, especially after that big performance last week? Yeah, the numbers, I think, speak for themselves. Uh, you know, he's certainly 
has put up big numbers in the first two games. They're an explosive offense. They've got a lot of speed with the two receivers and then uh, the backs of the backfield, and they have the height with uh, with Gusecki at the tight end position. So very talented offense. The two receivers, obviously speed-wise, is what comes to mind with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. Is it fair to say that your secondary will have their hands full and that you'll be – pushing upon them, hey, like you can't really make mistakes and you can't have mental errors because we saw what happened in Baltimore tackling, or to Baltimore last week. Tackling, 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 too. tackling right, Coach? Yeah, so, yeah, the communication back there, finishing plays, get, getting around the football. Um, you know, you're talking about players that you give them five yards of space. Usually, you know, you get a player gets three more yards out of it. Now, now it could go for 30 uh, or, or, to the, or to the to the end zone. So, We've got to get around the ball, tackle well, finish plays, and make sure we're communicating. And then the weather in Miami, of course, Coach, is always a, a bit of a concern. It's hot, it's humid, could be some thunderstorms. Obviously, you have a short week. That might even you know, make this issue even more so. Preparing for that weather, you know, what do you guys have to do to make sure that everybody is kind of you know, ready to handle those conditions? Yeah, that's, that's, that's real. Usually, you know, you've got the heat down there, and so you have to deal with it. Now you, you factor in, you add in the, the short week, and then – just at some of the numbers that we're dealing with right now because of the injuries that, that you guys had asked about early, you know, some of the guys are going to get, um, you know, I guess strained in, in, in not just one phase, but also the special teams phase. And, and so we've got to do a great job of, of keeping our water flowing and, and the Gatorade going and uh, keeping them hydrated throughout the, the, uh, the four quarters of the game there. One more quick one for you, Coach. I want to ask you about Marv. He, I'm in the crowd there on on Monday, and fans are just like the the sight of Marv kind of brings the emotion out of them, and everybody stands up. And I wonder what that's like for you to have him still be around, and I mean, at 97 years old, being able to fire up a, a sellout crowd like that. I'm, I'm sure it's still pretty incredible to just have him around. Incredible, just incredible. One of the joys of being in the position that I'm in is being able to meet a man like that not even just as a football coach I'm talking as a person um incredible and and to see the the effect that he had on the on the fans and the crowd that night um listen I think we would all agree I don't know that there's another 90 what is Marv 96 97 yeah seven year old that can have that impact on a on a crowd of 60 plus thousand uh screaming fans to to get that place rocking and Jim the same way what Jim and Bruce did and Bruce uh, with his class, very class-filled act uh, with the uh, with the victims' uh, families down there was just uh, listen. It was it was exactly how it should be done, and and uh, and those those guys, all three of them, did a phenomenal job. I agree, and as someone who was down there, coach, there were a lot. There was a lot of emotion in in the uh, the stadium, and of course, you guys went out and you performed so well. But um, stadium, I mean, I'm sorry, the team, the operations of it, I think it w- went super super well, and everybody should be commended on that. So um, a rare Sunday 1 o'clock game, Coach, right? A rare Sunday 1 o'clock. It's <laughs> yeah. kind of wild to have this. Um, real quickly, last one, just kind of a Sunday 1 o'clock game here. It is something that you really haven't had in quite a while, and you have to get used to this herky-jerky schedule. What's that been like for you here? Yeah, a little bit different, uh, but good to, good to get on a Sunday, Sunday schedule. Um, you know, the, the, the uniqueness of it for us this, this week is, in particular, a lot of our younger players who, you know, we have – Seven plus days to prepare for the Rams. Seven plus days to prepare for the Titans game, and now it's uh, six or less days to prepare. Right. So it's a little bit on the extreme end, going the other way. But just something we have to be aware of and and uh, get back in our routine and our process here. 
That's Bill's head coach, Sean McDermott, with the Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio and Sneaky Joe DiBiase. We're going to take a quick time out. We'll wrap up the show when we get back. This is the Nightcap with Zach Jones here on WGR. Welcome back to the Nightcap here on WGR. Zach Jones along with you for just a few more minutes as we wrap up a Friday night here. It's football Friday. Bill's getting ready to take on the Miami Dolphins this Sunday at 1 o'clock. And speaking of that, the schedule for Sunday. It's our first Sunday 1 o'clock game of the year. Schedule, of course, starting at 7 a.m. Breakfast with the Bills. It's going to be with Derek Kramer and Josh Schmidt. Then you've got Jeremy White doing the Pre-game, he's going to be helped out by Nate Geary, Sal Capaccio, the round table as well. Then, of course, on post-game, Chopin the Bulldog and Nate Geary will handle the overtime show. It's going to be a big game. We're getting the whole crew back together. It's not, you know, we're going to do Chopin the Bulldog slash pre-game because, you know, Thursday night and Monday nights. It's going to be everybody now. Everyone's going after it. It's a big game, too. It does feel like maybe the most important Bills versus Dolphins games for either team in quite a long time. Both teams desperately are looking to kind of solidify their place in the NFL. Miami wants to join the upper echelon of the AFC. Buffalo wants to reiterate and really establish establish itself as a one-of-one team in the NFL. They want to establish themselves as above the rest. We will find out what exactly it'll be on Sunday, probably around 4.30. We'll know. Did the injuries cause too many problems for the Bills? Did Miami lose to the Bills' backups? It's going to be all happening on Sunday. Everyone have a great weekend. This has been The Nightcap with Zach Jones here on WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.